was in like high school and, and streetwear was like becoming very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a senior, I worked at the, the active outlet store in Plaza Las Americas. Yeah. And like, I just remember like after school, like coming up here with my friends, we'd either take the trolley or somebody's mom would like drop us off and we'd just like wander. Right. And definitely coming into Five and a Dime was like mind blowing at the time because it was just like I didn't feel like anything else was like that out here. I mean, I remember we went into like the armory. We'd walk all the way to Little Italy and go to like to Igloo. We would go to, um, there's a spot called Ikea. It was like a vintage store. And across from them, there was like a, sh- a sneaker boutique that sold like Ivisu's True Religions and like. Where, where was that? It was, that? It's like right where Underbelly is now. Right exactly where Underbelly is. Like Caddy Corner to that. You know how you keep walking down the street, there's like a 7 Eleven? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like in hmm. those buildings. Okay. There's an underbelly here in downtown? There's an underbelly in Little Italy. Italy. Yeah. Italy? Like Kettner. I didn't know that. That was That's the first one. That is the first mm-hmm. one? That's oh, the first okay. One. Yeah, I need to visit that one then. Yeah. It's fire, bro. But like, I just I just remember like wandering downtown aimlessly with mm-hmm. like just looking for streetwear. So did somebody like put you onto us or it was just an accident? I think, I think actually the very first time I was like just walking through downtown with like my dad and my brothers and I yeah. just like passed by the store and I was like, whoa, what's this? I got to come back. And then I came back. Like At that point, it probably was us here, Unsteady, I remember Blends unsteady. Yeah. on Market, yeah. and then Commissary. Commissary. Yeah, right? I remember Commissary too. And then Face Value was in Little Italy for a little bit. I think that might be the store I was talking about. Face, face value? value? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is actually probably it. Down the yeah. street from 7-Eleven. Yeah. Face value. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, finally, like, late, like, finding the attic. You know what I mean? Like, right. Um, I remember when the attic first came, though, we were like, oh, who are these outsiders? Yeah. You know when what the mean? attic came. It was such a strange time because, like, when I, I got into the industry through skateboarding, so um, I moved to San Diego in 95-ish, and I worked, um, I worked retail. I worked at a Music Trader and PB for a, a long time, and then I got a job working at Pacific Drive. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what set it off for me, because I met a lot of really cool people. You know, like um, PD, PD has always had a really good skate team, mm-hmm. especially because a lot of the pros live, you know, in Southern California. And in the 90s, like, San Diego was, is what L.A. is now to skateboarding. We were the epicenter. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I moved down here after watching, like, old skate videos and seeing the, sp- the spots in person. Moving down from where? From Sacramento. Oh. It's weird, like, you know how people might nerd out or, like, fan out on, like, celebrities? We're, like, right. fanning out on skate spots. Like that's those yeah. places that you looked up and then you get there and, <laughs> and then you see like, it in person like, and you're like oh damn you know what I mean I'll do that sometimes with like yeah. cities just like so I worked at Pacific Drive for a few years and then I met a lot of cool people including this is where like I really got lucky is I met the guys from Alphanumeric mm-hmm. and they kind of took me under their wing and um, they're kind of the rest is history because Alphanumeric. I, I, I'm not really sure exactly on the dates, but when Alphanumeric disbanded, it, 
everybody left to start other things. Mm-hmm. So there are people that were, were related to Alpha that do information in Hawaii or mm-hmm. Crooks and Castles or Hell's Bells mm-hmm. or Commonwealth in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, Ali Asha went and he, you know, he's done a ton of stuff since then. Yeah. Um, and um, so it was sort of a natural progression. Like at the time, I had just left a dot-com job. And my sister was just finishing up um, business, her, getting her business degree at U- USD. And I was working for a company called ReUp. And ReUp, as well as the dot-com, and ReUp was a music magazine. And, they w- and it was all done in this room. Yeah. So they did the magazine out of the back office where my office is now. Do you have any of the issues? I, I, I do somewhere, yeah. I, I kept some of the back issues. It's really cool because di- it was a different formatted magazine. It was like a square format mag. And it was really like this. They, they put a lot of um, thought and effort into the design. The guys who were doing it were, they were really into eclectic music. Um, a lot of the underground, like, um, I don't um, like electronic music, but like really underground stuff, mm-hmm. um, and underground hip hop too. And uh, and and the main guy Josh, he was like really into design. So they were like highly designed magazines. Like I, I'm gonna have to dig, but I've, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I can ever pull them out, they're, they're, it's like really amazing stuff. Um, and they were in here, and they had a. Um, this was an art gallery for a little while, and I helped them with that briefly. And then they moved to New York. Space became available. I was already living in the building. I said, Darcy, like, let's take a shot at Let's just open up a store. And at that point, streetwear wasn't really streetwear. There was definitely urban wear. There was, like, Union in L.A. and Supreme existed, right? And... Um, I would spend my weekends, I would drive to L.A. and not knowing, I would drive to L.A. and like I was really into toy collecting. Mm. Like I got my first, I got like my first Bear Brick or something in series one of like the Medicom's uh, Bear Brick releases that the little blind box Bear Brick toys yeah. that they would, they would sell them at Tower Records. And this is like a Japanese company, you know? And, um... So I would go. So I started collecting the little, um, the little bear bricks, and uh, then a guy named Kaz started doing a lot of stuff with Medicom. That's the one with like the crossed eyes, yes. right? With Kaz, yes. Yeah. Like, like his stuff is extremely expensive now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would um, say like all these bear bricks and like claws and all that. They're like they go pretty expensive now, right? For, like these collectibles. Yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself because I, I did sell my collection probably. More than about a decade ago, roughly, um, and it's going for probably five, six times as much. That is what you sold yeah, it for, damn. Yeah. So I got into the cause stuff, and and I would drive up to L.A. and Union would have some of the stuff. They had the cause bendy stuff. They had some of the cause pillows, and like, it was expensive then, but not not crazy. But I would spend my whole paycheck. You know, I spend my whole paycheck on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you'd walk into Union, and no disrespect to the guys at Union or Supreme, and this is just the radio. Back, yeah. Um, they they could have they could could have gave a shit, 
They could have they could have cared less that I'm walking in there spending a few hundred dollars on something. You know, that didn't really matter to them. Mm. Um, and then I would say maybe walk into Union with my friend Aliasha, and it was like night and day difference of how they treated me. Like all of a sudden I was somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody Ali cool. was already known. He was already known. Yeah, he was already known and popular and. And since I was affiliated with him, and their attitudes changed, and that sort of resonated with me. Although I did appreciate, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that that moment of feeling sort of cool, like, oh, I'm, I'm cool, you know. Yeah. Uh, it it also stung a little, and I thought to myself, when we open the store, we're not going to be like that. And I can't say that it was like not like that all the time, mm-hmm. you know, because we had different people that we hired to work for us. We definitely tried our hardest to not be a cool guy shop. We really did. Um, yeah. It, it, it might have happened from time to time, but, but for the most part, I, I would say if I was in the shop working, you weren't going to get that. Yeah. You know? Um, but we opened the store. So I convinced my sister to do this, to come on this journey with me. And at first we did design books, like art books. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of toys. We had a Medicom account. We had... Um, we were doing all the kid robot stuff because mm. the Dunnies were really popular then. Yeah. That shit, the blind box stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we're I doing a lot. Kid robot, like just being super tight. I remember going to the kid robot store in SF, like right when I was younger. Like, Isn't that so crazy to see something have that kind of impact on the world and then almost be got obsolete and gone? Yeah. Now? I mean, they're still around, but they're trying to make. I think it looks like. I, I think they're trying to make a comeback, but the kind of impact that they would have on even at Comic Con. I, I remember at one point when all over print was like really, really popular. Yeah. They did a ton of like sweatshirts, yeah, and like I, they might have just overdid it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, like ahead of its time, kind of. Well, thing. no, I just think they did too much of it. Mm. Like I feel like they they manufactured too many sweatshirts and mm-hmm. and to so where they had to like liquidate it, and there wasn't like demand for it, and like they probably there was a demand at first. No, and if they yeah. had produced it maybe in smaller numbers. The, the demand would I have think been so met, and it kind of would have been more exclusive and rare but like I do remember at some point me having to turn it down mm. and that was like sort of like okay well, that's weird you know yeah. but I personally wasn't like a huge fan of Kid Robot mm. um, I always felt like Kid Robot although oh fuck <laughs> our, our refrigerator can we hear that <laughs> By the it, way, we're, I mean, yeah, by the I mean, way, we're having this conversation inside Five Hundred Dime right yeah, now. Yeah, for those that don't, I know, know. we were like, got such a tangent. I didn't want to like yeah. interrupt. I was like, no, okay. we were like ten. Should we minutes. do like an intro? You were yeah, talking yeah, about we're like this I was re up, and okay. this was yeah. The, the, no, we're like inside. ten minutes in, and we're like okay. yeah, but no. Nah, well, hey, everybody, if you're not already, <laughs> you're not already known who this is. Dice Roller Radio, episode thirty-five, live inside Five Hundred Dime, one of the huge stores, one of the pillars of San Diego's clothing artistic designs all that um join with me always the host with the most the man the myth the legend hey Stilo Suave <laughs> the DJ Waller, in here in the historic <laughs> five and a dime DJing That's at a your lot local of corner man yeah <laughs> yeah he, he guesses me he guesses me a little I try bit to guess I like it though little. I feel good about it and then uh yeah like I said we're inside uh five and a dime you've heard him talk for like the last uh, 10 minutes about the origins and where everything has been going for him um I'll let him go ahead and introduce himself so my name is Jason Huggins. I'm co-owner of Five and a Dime. Uh, we've been around for, damn, 13 years. 13 years. I uh, started this thing with my sister, Darcy Huggins, 
and uh, now we're somewhere where this is just a, this is a family-run business. That was something I'm actually interested about too, yeah. because like, yeah, family-owned business. I would first, I would never even have known that from the jump. But uh, how so? How how much involved is your sister into this? Sense, it's a fifty-fifty. Um, at this point, I mean, we've we've so uh, when we when we opened the store, if I would have never expected to either a be where we're at now. And or had to like learn as much as we've learned. Like I, these you just go. Oh, I'm going to open up a store. I have retail experience, mm-hmm. but yeah. you don't have ownership experience. You don't know what it's like to be on your own. You don't know what it's like to owe the IRS. You don't know what yeah, it's we like just when about that things aren't selling. Um, Taxes are coming around the corner too, and you're responsible for it. All that, yeah. So. Coming at you, uh, we've all had to wear a ton of different hats. I mean, this is a small company. Uh, my mom and dad, um, they do their part. Um, they definitely have invested a lot of money into the company. Um, and when we're in the kitchen making cookies, my mom's right in there with us. It's just me and my sister and my mom making all the cookies for now, anyways, until we can try to grow the good stuff business. But that's like the other half of Five and a Dime is the yeah. good stuff cookie co. Well, being inside the store, yeah, it's got like a definitely like a nice like kitchen vibe to it. It really confuses people though. They walk in and they go, oh, "I see clothing. Where are the cookies at?" And then when we have to explain <laughs> they're inside the refrigerator, they they get a little lost. But it's nice because at least it's uh, it opens up the conversation because um, they're they're cheesecake stuffed cookies or yeah. they're stuffed cookies. Yeah, um, we have like six flavors right now, and four of them have cheesecake in them. So we have to keep them refrigerated. I think I, I saw somebody. I think it was uh, Endo one time. Uh, he was pushing that cart. Uh, I think it was like Comic Con one yeah, time. Yeah, we've done that before. You guys, you guys do that. Yeah. yeah okay. So um, we are the very much. We are very much firm believers of asking for forgiveness. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You know that saying. Yeah. Instead of asking for permission. Um, you're not technically allowed to just wander around the convention. You do have to have permitting. A permit, I yeah. would imagine. And yeah. the convention frowns on it. They were kicking us out left and right. <laughs> but, you know, it's that old skateboard mentality. Yeah. Just go skate just the go spot until yeah. you get kicked out. Until <laughs> you get kicked out and so, you get caught up. Mm-hmm. So I know Endo had to do it. Elliot, you had Elliot on the show last, last yeah, week, show. right? Yeah, last week. Yeah, we Elliot's it. pushed the cart. <laughs> I, I don't think you've lived until you pushed the cart. <laughs> so yeah. frozen uh, stuffed cookies. Yeah, yeah. So we do, we have the uh, we have the old ice cream cart, and then we keep, we put dry ice on in it, and then we have jars and singles. And during the summertime, my sister makes like ice cream sandwiches, mm. which like fire, yeah, stupid yeah, fire. Yeah, if you yeah. haven't had the good stuff, cookie co, like you're fucking missing out, and especially <laughs> if you're like within a few miles of downtown, like. Come through the fucking eighth and G. I'm definitely come to five and dime. Grab some fucking cheesecake stuffed cookies. Change yeah, your, change your life. Those like my two favorite desserts. So yeah. that's the cookies and cheesecake. Right, so and, like, and, then, <laughs> and when it's hot and you slide the ice cream in between two of them, Jeez. game changer. I can I can only it's, it's so sugary though. Like that's oh. it. One ice cream sandwich. Well, one I'm done. per summer. I'm no. done. But um, yeah, the cookies. So like on the five and a dime front. We've had the brand for so long, 
But we started out as a store, you know, and we had the, like I said, was saying before, we had the books and the toys and we had some apparel. Like at that point, 2005, November 2005, we had like, we had the, some of the very first Crooks and Castle t-shirts to come out. Some of the very Damn, first hundreds son, t-shirts where'd you to come find out. This? Like probably maybe even their first season of, of stuff. Mm-hmm. Really? Give or take. It could have been like really close to, right? So we had the hundreds and crooks, and we had some information stuff, and we had like two, two shop shirts. That was it. That was, the, that was our apparel section. And I was never like, oh, we're going to get into apparel. It was just like, oh, we have apparel. And my friends, because I had met Ben and Bobby, they went to school in San Diego. I had met them, and... Was I got connected? So with I was them. like an instant connection. Yeah, kind of like yeah. Networking. And then, like okay. I said, the guys from Crooks I've I'd known previously, um, and it just kind of like we're like, okay, well, we'll put your stuff in our store. Yeah. And then the Medusa shirt did really well right out the gate, and the hundreds, like Crooks and the hundreds were probably I would say like two of the first streetwear brands to like really take off. Yeah. yeah. And for sure, we were the only shops from here to LA that had it, mm-hmm. mm. and it was that way for a long time. Well, yeah, before they probably blew up, right? Because eventually, like they, you see them like on different stores now, right? So I'm, I'm gonna skip some parts because I can't really remember that far back how it exactly unfolded. But when all over print, when the all over print movement took off. That was like the boom for streetwear. And it was the Paisley print, 100 sweatshirt, mm. and it was the all over chain, uh, all over chain. Um, like the Versace chain? The looking. chains, the chains hoodie that Crooks had. Yeah. And oh, yeah. We ha- so then we started, so we, we started ramping up. We were ramping up more and more and more apparel. So we went from that small rack, like I was telling you earlier, we started adding more racks in the space. And if you've never been in the space, it's 350 square feet. It's tiny. It's not a big store. And before we moved to the, 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 the 701 location, mm-hmm. we had almost 70 brands in the store. But how we got to that was through brands like Crooks and the Hundreds having such an impact um, and, and sort of cr- help creating the streetwear movement. Mm-hmm. And it was completely accidental for us. It wasn't like I was like, I, I don't want to pretend to be like, oh, I'm a tastemaker and I knew this shit was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a clue. Yeah. I had no clue. We just kind of got lucky. We got lucky that we knew the right people that had the right brands at the time. And we were just buying, and we were buying more of it, and we were buying more of it. And then we started bringing more brands in, like Rogue Status. They did, Rogue Status did the All Over Guns. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then there was a lot well, of other like brands like that. And everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. And dude, let me tell you guys, we have a, in the, the back of the store, we have a small little, it's my office now, but we had a small little storage area. And it was floor to ceiling. Just full and, of like clothes and everything. Right. And when this was, this was also like 
the first time we are started seeing people line up for shit. And we saw people lining up for the Paisley sweatshirts, mm-hmm. and we just couldn't have enough. I mean, imagine having a, a store this small and doing like ten thousand dollars a day. Yeah, I mean that was like when it was really, really good, really good. Yeah, I mean typically you know it's a few thousand a day, but when you're doing a few thousand a day, I, I would kill to do a few thousand a day mm. now. Yeah, you know what I mean. We had no idea. We had no idea. We just thought that that's how it was going to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even when I was working at the skate shops, I wasn't like counting the money. Yeah. Um, when I worked at the record stores, I could see what we would do in daily sales, and it was pretty good, a few thousand a day. I just thought that's what you do, you know? <laughs> and I was like, all right, things are great. And then, you know, the, keep in mind, the Internet is still relatively... It's, no it's, it's starting no to progress. It's starting to progress, yeah. right? So then we start noticing it's like, who comes along? Karma Loop, Digital Gravel. Mm-hmm. All right. What, plunder and Plunder and like what Karma they, Loop and all what that. What are they yeah. doing? So we're like, oh, we need to do that. So we went and started buying brands. But the problem that we had that they didn't have is they had an infrastructure. They had money behind those companies. They were able to order, say, the Crooks and Castles. They were able to order wide, like go wide into whatever season, and they were able to go deep, meaning they were able to carry multiple SKUs of, of a product. Mm-hmm. So whereas if I ordered a T-shirt, I would order one medium, one large, one XL. It's like a flex. You just go, oh, yeah, I got all that stuff. But you're just ordering sticks. Mm-hmm. They would order probably... Who knows? Who knows? Twenty. Yeah. It could be twenty. You know, and twenty would just, mediums, and they would just grow or like get more brands to be more invested. I'd imagine because their online presence was probably just so. And then, huge. so then now they're taking so. At, so keep in mind, prior to the like internet boom, the the with the streetwear, for the longest time we were the only store, like I said, that had these brands. So people had to come to us. They mm. had to come to us. Well, then their popularity grows, and they have to open doors. Mm-hmm. Now we're finding ourselves having to compete with these other shops, and now yeah. we're and then now and then you know they have to grow and expand, and they they move into big box stores. They're in San Diego. They're San Diego and like Zoom they're, is. They're in well, Active. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, when I was working at Active in two thousand and seven, um, like that just, had to have been the start for them with streetwear, though, right? Oh seven. Um, they started bringing it in. Well, see, I'm not even sure because it, the one that I worked at was an outlet store. But I remember in that time, it was when they opened the most stores. Like, they had opened yeah, it was so really crazy. many stores. Like, I, I mean, they had Petco. Petco the, didn't the, last open. more than, like, eight months, though. Yeah. I don't remember so it Petco. Bad, it was, I think it was just bad <laughs> Put it timing. Like that, yeah. yeah. Bad timing. It, it was. And that was actually, like, that was probably 2010 or 11 when that, that store opened. Because I remember waiting for, like, a really long time after having left that job. But... But yeah, I remember getting Crooks and Castles in the hundreds and like a Rizu and Obey and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit like um there at the outlet store. I mean, yeah. and and it was just it, it was a, it was a fucking trip, bro, to see that and then to like come up here and like see you guys carrying it. I mean, I think at that when did you when did you say you moved to 701? It was in We moved to 701 
um, which is like literally three fu- 300 feet from the store we're at now. In 2009? Eight. Oh, okay. 2008. How long have you been here at this storefront? Well, we've lived in the building since 05, or even previous than that, 04 probably. We've lived in the building. We've always been paying the rent. We've mm. been paying. So even when this wasn't a store, this was our office. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when we God. moved to the, to the corner, this remained our office for a long time, mm-hmm. and then eventually we let... Um, so it was just used to be just around the block, and then like now it, it's right. right here. Okay, right. right. So, the, so keep in mind. The so we we were at that point trying to essentially keep up with the Joneses. We were like, well, we need a bigger store because we have this many. That's what I kept, was telling myself. We need yeah. a bigger store because we have this many brands, and we need to be able to showcase it better. Yeah. And blah blah blah. And it was like, honestly, Fuck, the like, store was so fucking tight, though, bro. Right. Like all the like box shelving with all the hats and like. So the guys who helped design the hundred store helped design <laughs> that store. The the SF one, the one that was like all black all of them. with the yeah oh, okay. yeah the, the, like, the Rosewood store, the, mm. the the SF one, um, and. They did some other stuff for for them, but they they essentially designed our helped design our mm. store too, um, based off of our sort of inspiration. Because yeah. our store is called Five and a Dime. Five and a Dime is like based off of Five and Dime stores, nickel and dime, little nickels like little and dime stores. Shit, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So you guys had like the bison. So head. like, dude, the fucking shit that's really crazy to me is like we were basically teeing up the whole hipster movement. We had fucking didn't have a clue. None of that shit was intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, we were having the buffalo and all this, like, rustic shit. The like mustache pillows. Mustaches. Oh, like, all that crazy shit. Like, it's like vintage. Like, I look it. back at it, and I'm kind of embarrassed on it, <laughs> on it a little bit. But because I, di- I don't want to be – my thing is this. I don't – I feel like trends die. Yeah. And I want to, like, last forever. Yeah. Like, I want our brand to – transcend those te- trends. Stand the test of time. Yeah. When people start calling you the mustache store, I was like, "Oh, we're fucked." Uh, right. And and then we and then but we did it to ourselves because that shit was selling. Like we had mustache t-shirts, we were killing it, fucking pillows, and we had we did we even did the die cut stickers. And soon enough, people were putting them on the fronts of cars, and I was like, "Oh shit!" It was like turning into like Like internet memes and shit. And I was like, "I want to be part of that." So you know, kids would come in and go, "You got the mustache stickers for the car?" I'll be, "Oh, we don't got that shit." Cause it was like I was like I, I was over it, you know, like, yeah. like I damn, that's probably wild. could have made more money off of it if we would have like expanded into a more mass market. But approach, that's what makes but, you a streetwear like OG, bro. Is that you wouldn't buy into that type of shit just because it was. But how do we make money? How you can't know. be cool and make money? Like, there's few brands that can do it. I just it's like. I just, I think staying true to yourself is how you stay cool, and then how you make money is like how you're like. You use your intelligence and the, and the uh, skills that you have to, like, create a product that, like, people want and desire. You know what I mean? But you have to kind of finesse that. You have to create that desire and create that demand, you know? But yeah. that's, like, it's not an easy thing. I mean, like you said, like, you, you sort of fell into it with, like, the brands that were just becoming cool. Like, everything was just happening in a cool-ass way. And super fast. So, like, imagine, like I said, we've been around 13 years, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and... Let's just say in a decade's time, how much shit has changed technology-wise, right? Yeah. It changes like almost so every I, other year. My new reference, my new thing that I try to like make people understand when owning a business in this landscape, if you owned a fucking store, a clothing store in 1950, 
and you own that same store in 1960, how much do you think changed other than style? Mm-hmm. Not a whole You're lot. You're probably, probably marketing to the magazines. You're doing print ads, which include newspapers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, you might be doing a commercial or some shit. Yeah. Your cash registers are the same. Nothing's changing. Mm-hmm. We fucking had to build our website from scratch. We had to build the back end of our website, and that shit cost us a lot of money. We're we're like now twenty grand have... at least or more yeah. to build our website. Now you have Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have that shit, but that's the whole thing. It's like we thought we had to have the website. We thought we had to have a hundred brands stocked in our store. We thought you know a ton of. We thought we had to have a bigger location, and truth be told. And where else we fucked up, kind of, is we should have started. We should have leaned in with Five and a Dime as a brand mm. early. Yeah. It was like so late. It was like we were selling everybody else's shit. Imagine a kid comes in the store and they go, "Do you got Rogue status shirt?" Yeah, we got that. They go look at the price tag. They're like forty dollars. Oh, here's a twenty four dollar Five and a Dime shirt. I'll get that because they sell Rogue status in the store and they're cool, they're affiliated, so that's co- yeah. good enough for me. Bro, damn, y'all been selling fucking forty dollars shirts for like ten years. <laughs> yeah, it's so like that it's shit nutty. Me the fuck out. Yeah, it's super nutty. <coughs> so, um, I mean, that kind of makes sense though. Like, I mean, you would want to like have the other brand, especially if it's exclusive. Like, you know, like if there's no one else selling these kind of brands. Be like, oh, look, how bad do you want this shirt? Like, you're gonna have to do like the whole online thing. Some people don't want to have to deal with that whole process online. Yeah. But then you put it next to your stuff and just be like, and then at, but at some point they weren't buying it, so it was like, it was like I was stocking the store with these brands to have the affiliation, but it, they not weren't really, really they wasn't really selling. Selling, yeah. And the next thing you know, I owe these guys two thousand dollars for. A season's worth of product, and I can't pay them because it's not selling. Mm-hmm. And it was just like it was a lot of like it was just a it's just a strange time. There's a lot of people trying to figure that whole thing out, trying to figure the whole thing out. And there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of DIY at that point. You weren't mm-hmm. you didn't no, nobody was just saying fuck it. I'm not gonna sell the stores. I'm gonna just sell online and sell it myself. Mm-hmm. People felt like they're like, oh, I need to be an X, Y, and Z store for credibility, mm-hmm. and I need and I have to do four seasons a year mm-hmm. with or five seasons with holiday, and and there's a blueprint to the streetwear shit. Dude, it's crazy. And I mean, streetwear comes from skateboarding, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the skateboard guys, the sales agents, they would come in, and the skateboard mentality was totally different. The guys that came from skate brands that were selling streetwear at that point were like, okay, well, what's working? What's not working? We're going to take out what's not working. We're going to replace it with whatever. We'll give you credit, blah, blah, blah. But then the streetwear guys were like, you owe me $1,500. I don't care. Pay me. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, well, what kind of relationship is that? So you're like begging me to put your product in my store. It doesn't move, and now I'm stuck with it. Mm-hmm. So, and then when and then when streetwear got really desperate, things changed. But, but uh, yeah, dude, it was it's so weird, and it's like, and we're learning everything for the first time. We're like, okay, yeah, I guess. Oh, I have to learn how to use Photoshop because I'm going to shoot all my own products and I have to sh- learn how to light product and yeah, I have yeah. to and th- there weren't YouTube tutorials then mm-hmm. no no there is <laughs> you, you know what I mean there was none of that shit and I had to like figure it out on my own and then so and did you or, say like 
it's easier times now than in a way. It's easier times now, but then also way harder. It's way harder because it's just everyone like, can do it. Yeah, it's just like too. It's it's like it's, the market is saturated. The market much. could be saturated. Um, I think at some point the people that are fakers, they'll get weeded out. Right. You know, I've had lots of people come in the store and go, "Oh, I want to be an intern and I want to learn the thing." Then they don't last. They never last. Like anytime somebody says it to me now, I'm just like, "Okay, whatever, dude." You know what I mean? Mm. But so it's strange because now you can have a Squarespace or a Shopify and build a whole Shopify website and sell your product and you can have your social media link to such and such whatever and and um but you still got to do the work yeah you still got to do the work yeah. and if you don't you know what i mean so um yeah. that's that's kind of the work the work could be fucking writing trends or the work could be staying true to yourself or like you know trying your best to be original or at least appropriate like ideas and shit for yourself in a unique way, but I mean, there's money to be made in fucking making trends. But I don't know. I don't think that's where you're at. I mean, I've never. That's why I've looked up to you for so long. Was because yeah. like, five and a dime is just OG as fuck. Like super original. No, no one ever like. To me, like no one ever could do that for what what you guys did in San Diego. Yeah, you're doing something I mean, right. I remember fucking lining up for like here. some Johnny Plus Cupcakes time. event. You know, oh, yeah. like being in lines down the block. I remember like saving up my checks, like multiple checks, to get like some gourmet sneakers oh, for you guys. Like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, bro. And that was just the beginning for the for Buscemi and those yeah. guys. Yeah, and, with, and what they're doing. Those now. were my fucking favorite sneakers, bro. And then, yeah, they, they were, got they, a lot of trouble for those. They did. I remember. They got a lot the of copywriter trouble. or something. Yeah, yeah. They were just <clears throat> like canvas Jordans. Yeah, <laughs> they just like took took the Jays all apart and yeah. like rebuilt them in canvas and put them on a rubber sole. And yeah, we feel blessed. Fly. We feel super lucky because like it was a lot of right place, right time for us. We happened to know the the right people mm. and. So we were lucky there. I mean, if it wasn't for that, like we we'd probably be gone. But but you know, I mean, speaking truthfully, like we probably should be gone now. But like <laughs> we can't. Our pride. There's something of our pride. And my dad's. My dad is a very. My my dad and my sister are very half empty glass type people. Mm. And I'm not. I shoot for. I shoot fucking shoot for the stars. Right. I'm very like, I'll fucking cannonball into the deep end of the pool yeah, every time because like I'm that. fucking. Yeah. I just go, let's fucking do it. I don't care. And my parents, my mom, or my my sister and my dad are very grounded, and um, it's nice to have that. But when my dad is going to me and going, well, what if, what if like San Diego blows up and we're not here, or what if like we come out with something that everybody wants and, you know, mm-hmm. there's that what if and. It's that what if that keeps driving us forward. Yeah, you never know what's gonna like be a trend or what's gonna blow up. And it's like you've been like touching on or touching on like you've been doing certain things for years, mm-hmm. and then yeah, like then something can just get blow like blow up or like just you know like an artist could have something on and then yeah. it turns into a trend. But then you guys have been having it this whole time. It's fucking crazy to think like, um, well, and now we have the good stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And so for us, Atlas's favorite treat, by the way. Yeah, he fucking every time always, he comes in, he asked me to come yeah. here. Like we just like he's like I want to go to the store downtown. And sometimes we look at ourselves and go, why isn't this bigger? You know, but I think it's like it's it's like we it's gonna happen. I think, and we we never want to. We've had this discussion before um, at rerun. We never want to like. I never want to force shit to mm-hmm. happen. Like yeah, we've yeah. never done a collaboration together, but I know it's going to happen. We just have to come up with the right thing, yeah, you know. And then most definitely, happen. like I don't want to just force it to force it. Like I never want to force shit. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's been sort of like but a also, blessing and curse. You're a fucking perfectionist. Well, maybe, maybe. Like, cause, like, if I get really excited about something, I'm like, go, go, go. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. No, for so sure. So somebody when might, there's momentum like that. Yeah, somebody might look at something and go, well, what if we change this? Or you know, from a design aspect, and I'll go, come on, let's just put it out. Like, yeah. I'm excited. Like, let's go. You know. Yeah, yeah, true. So, so partially yes, but also, I am too. Though I get like mad excited about stuff. Yeah, is that important to you? Like, just kind of like collabing with uh, local or just like I, I think brands so. like that. I think so, and I wouldn't say that we're the best at it, but I definitely think we embrace it more than others, and what we're trying to strive for is, I'm calling it a cooperation movement. Like I just think that especially in San Diego with the creatives that, are, that exist, we have to cooperate more. Like, let's not badmouth each other. We can't, nobody, no, uh, there's a lot of brands here. There's a lot of creatives. There's a lot of people doing stuff. We can't work with everyone, mm-hmm. right. right? But we can cooperate and have like a mutual respect. That's why Look, things like or, Clean Slate are so fucking beautiful, bro. Like, having so many brands and like you're right. obviously like involved. Right, and to we a huge degree. And it's, that's, that's, Vige, that's Vige's brainchild, right? Yeah. But when he brought it to me, I was like, well, this is like the five and a dime. That's part of the five and a dime brand Bible. That's like our motto is to sort of try to work with others. And and when he was explaining it, I was like, this can only sort of strengthen the idea yeah. of, what we're, of what of what." Five and a dime is trying to do for the city. Do now, you feel like it's 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 been like a positive, like there's been a positive reaction from that back here? Like does that not get, really, not really? Uh-huh. But but if you so like for instance, if you look at the five and a dime social media account, like mm-hmm. Instagram, we we only have maybe just under fourteen thousand followers. We don't have a ton of followers, and unfortunately. That seems to be like how people determine your value. Oh yeah, right? in this microwave day and age, yeah, it, it really fucking sucks. Um, but, and I don't want to make an excuse for ourselves, but I would say our brand is more impactful than like than like popular, right? Mm-hmm. But that's something that we want to like improve on, uh, you know. Say like a like a, uh, like a cult following kind of thing, like I. I think so. What we want to try to do is instill in others in the city that, like, look, dude, we're here. We've been here. Yeah. Because how many brands have come and gone? Mm-hmm. You know what I A mean? A lot. And it's not easy. I'm not going to fucking blow smoke up anyone's ass. I'm not going to tell you that we're not struggling and it's not hard. 
You know what I mean? I think yeah. it's super important. It's like my responsibility to others to be honest. Because I, I, the fake it till you make it thing, I get, I get the idea behind it because it's, you're trying to promote this pro- positive mindset, right? Yeah, yeah. But if, but if things are hard, I'm not going to lie to somebody and tell them it, it's not what it's, it is, you know? Hmm. Um, when, when like we were like really struggling, when 701 was like, because we had a huge nut to crack every month. Um, as far as our overhead costs mm-hmm. with the store because of the amount of brands we had and the employees and all that stuff. Um, when we were really struggling and people would come in and talk to me and go, how is it? I'd be like, oh, dude, it fucking sucks, bro. Yeah. There's a downside to that. I remember you telling me that. Right? At you different come points. In the, you, you might not know it, but subconsciously you're like, I want to be around that. I don't want to be around that thing that's struggling or failing, yeah. right? People want to be around things that... You know, I don't, and um, so now it's, I'm just learning how to, like, dial it back some. That's a misconception, though, because, like, you know, not everything is always going to be positive, and it's not always going to. It's like whether the glass is half full yeah. or half empty, it's like just having, a, holding appreciation in your heart for, like, the water that you have, and, like, you know, just, just knowing that more is going to come. Like, you're, everything that you have is, everything that you need is being taken care of today. Yeah. And, like, everything that. You're gonna need tomorrow is gonna be taken care of, and like somehow, somehow that's always that's like like super truthful because like my mom says it every my mom says it all the time. She's like somehow we always figure it out. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I mean I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but like I want people, I want to be, I want to be the 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 truth and the bullshit because yeah, a lot of a lot of these brands, even if it's like a fucking person who is popular on Instagram and they're creating their brand image, they're not going to show you the fucking the sh- the, sh- the 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 shit. Yeah, the blueprint. They don't want. They don't, they're not. Gonna, well, they don't want you to see that they're having a bad day. Yeah, no. They mm. want people to see like, There's oh, look f- at my shit. Look at how great things oh, are. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, You know, There's a whole fucking porta potty to their life that you don't see. You know that like. That isn't the one second glimpse of like life on Instagram, but I mean, whatever, bro. Like, yeah, it's it's such a it's it's weird. I think it's weird. Well, I don't I don't know what's like for you guys, but like for myself, I I'm I come from a different era, right? And it's like when I was going to high school in ninth grade, I was taking typing classes on typewriters. Mm-hmm. And then you get to 12th grade and you're learning like, it's like the introduction to fucking computers. We're talking like the first shits, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I knew a different way. I knew about going outside and playing outside or grabbing your skateboard and just skating with your friends. Yeah. Or, or And now people don't live their lives like that. You know, I've made jokes on, on Twitter about people putting the phones down on, and actually enjoying the concert. Cause that shit fucking bugs me out. Like it bugs I'm like, me you're out there. Too, yeah. Why are you taking a video of it? Nobody yeah. wants to watch your crappy ass video. No offense yeah. to yeah. you guys. Yeah. If you guys, watch, I try. I get like maybe like a couple seconds some, in, some and people, then I'm back in the moment. Yeah, do it. Like they'll tell me they'll go. Oh, I do it because I want to re- go back and look at that thing later. Okay, fine, dude. Yeah. I get it. And I'll not the take, whole thing though. I went to NXT this Thursday. I took a few little story videos, and I took some photos just for the memory. You know. 
Um, some of it's strategic, though. You know, you you do it because I'm I'm learning how to. I'm drinking the Kool Aid here like, with social media. Guy, <laughs> yeah. you have a big following, like fourteen thousand. It's, it's okay, but following, like, bro. dude, for as long as we've been around, we I feel like we should be further than we are. Mm. Yeah, and, and I'm okay with it. But but we're gonna we're gonna improve that, and then we're gonna improve it through through doing more. Just doing more. We're gonna try to do more this year. You know, um, to have a viral moment. I think so, and I'm yeah. I'm really gonna try to look at some of the crazy collaborations that the hundreds did last year. Mm-hmm. Some of them were fucking nuts. They did a lot of, like movie inspired, and it's great. Collapse. I love it. We're gonna take a page out of that book. I don't look. I don't look at that shit anymore. I don't look at fucking anything, bro. I think that's better though. Yeah. Let me let me let me tell you. I think that's so much better because when you put out a shirt, it's because of whatever is inspiring you. It's not because you're just going, well, these guys are doing it, yeah. right? Because, so like anytime, I'll give you a perfect example. We had the opportunity many years ago to, do, to design a, a, li- a, a livery for a, a Formula Drift car, okay? Mm. This kid, Nate Hamilton, he was like a, a up and comer and he was getting into Formula One, I mean, into Formula Drift, circuit and um like he's like help me design my the flavor for my car right basically the design for it and i and i don't i know a little bit about drifting i've seen i've watched some of the the old japanese videos and like there there's some to it but there's an art to it yeah. when we designed his Livery, we designed it based off of just shit that we fucking thought was cool, mm. right? So I took, he's like, well, I go, he's a skateboarder, right? So I was like, let's do like fucking, keep in mind, this is going to sound outdated now, but I was like, let's do some throwback like 80s skateboard shit. So, you know, we did like that TNC surf sort of like mm. feel. We had the grip tape, the wood grain from the skateboard it, all these like elements implemented into the design. Did you like the yin yang and everything in there? No, no. But it was just like that kind of like feel, you know what yeah. I mean? That 80s feel. And he and pink polka dots or whatever the fuck. And we put out the, we designed it and then they wrapped his car and we're like, oh shit, that looks pretty cool, you know? It's a little loud and boisterous, but like, but his car stood out from everyone else. And the thing, and he got a lot, he got such a good positive feedback from that. And then I started seeing other people getting cars designed sort of like his shit. But, and that was like, to me, I was like, oh, that's pretty tight, like that we sort of inspired other people. But we just drew from like whatever we were into. I wasn't like looking at what other people were doing. It's yeah. like kind of a long way to get to my point, but is that like, that's how we are now. Like, we don't. I try my hardest to not, like, go and look at what is, like, popular. I just want to make what I like to make. And if yeah. other people like it, then I'm stoked. Yeah, just stoked yeah. about that. Yeah. Just be yeah. yourself, bro, yeah. unapologetically. I think you guys have, have kind of established that. I mean, yeah. definitely I would, like, even now, okay, like, we walk into to Five and a Dime, you, you know, ask you how your day was, like, what you've been up to. You'd be, like, watching wrestling all day. Yeah, you make the jokes of the fucking like. All right, we'll get some wrestling in here like before the episode's over. Like, yeah, like, bro, it's it's been like that ever since I met you. Like ever since, and then even like, remember like 2013, 
like coming into the shop and you heavily fucked with Rossi back then, Def Steady Rock, and like just like embracing like the vi- the music video that he put together, Crooks and, uh, um, Cracking Some Gold. Oh, that's, yeah, he did still the, that's to this my day. Lady, bro. Still yeah. to this day. It's like one of my favorites. And you have to understand that like I'm, I, I've been DJing for two decades. Mm-hmm. I've been playing music for two decades. <laughs> and I worked for a, a music.com where I had to l- sit there and listen for eight hours a day to some of the most horrendous rap music I've ever heard. <laughs> because I'm basically sorting through the music looking for samples or copyright infringement and that kind of shit, right? And, like, to hear somebody like him, like, I knew immediately. I just knew immediately. Like, you could just tell, like, okay, that guy is going to have a future in music. You know what I mean? Like, I could just tell immediately. I was like, I'm, I, I can get behind that. He did the That's My Lady video here, too. Right? Oh, yeah. And that was yeah. super awesome to me. Because yeah. it's like... That's a viral moment. Somebody just comes moment. to us and goes, yeah. oh, we want to, like... I'm like, fuck, yeah, let's do it, you know? And it was raining all day. That was but it made it, like, better, day, kind yeah. of, or something, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of put sure. a little more grit to it, kind of, like, yeah, the, it was, the yeah, the amount of people like, that came through in the rain, like, yeah, waiting see, like, under 60 a fucking... people Yeah, yeah. And, and it tested the, the amount of, like, people, like, just who were, like, genuinely there to, like, support, support. you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, it's raining, and, it's like, you know, people don't want to probably show up just for that reason. And then you had a bunch of people still out there, rain or shine, you know? And it's just so important to us because, like, we would be here on 8th and G any fucking given weekend, like, especially, like, in that time. Like, yeah. to me, like, that that's my idea of growing up is, like, yeah, that's, like, you know, I was, like, 23, you know? Right. But, like, still, that was, like, right before my son was born, like, and I would be over here, like, when it was a hat shop at headquarters, you know, for, like, all fucking days chilling with Robert like we'd be screen printing on top of you guys washing machine and shit yeah. like in the back like I'd be yeah. making a fucking mess burning screens in, in, the, in the parking, parking lot, lot. <laughs> bro this place is really fucking historic for me so there's like a lot of nostalgia to you know what's crazy about this place it goes even further back than us like this block was where tribal and um, stupid the tribal brand and the stupid brand mm-hmm. were mm. were on this block Damn. this was a store a tribal store and like I think next door was like the tribal warehouse Damn. even before we were here it's crazy like, learning tribal's like, like the history. one yeah so much history and like in these like streets out here in downtown just like cause, well, I got a lot of, I got some knowledge just from like the, uh, the, the dudes from Rosewood shout out them and just like talking to you about it right now I'm just yeah. like you know yeah. like I'm, I'm a lot younger so like I'm not really like like super into or I haven't been up on like a lot of the scene like I remember the attic like, there's only so many stores, like, I remember out here right? as far as downtown, so. But isn't that crazy? Like, the think about it. Like, the yeah. attic, the kind of money mm-hmm. that they had in it, mm-hmm. and then they have the Buena Park store and the kind of build-out that they did. And, like, where are they now, you know? Yeah. Now it's big. Where's active now? Where's well, shit. I there's mean, only, like, one active. When I, was, when I was working at the attic, like, they were still hitting numbers, like, on the weekends with the Jordan releases and shit, but, like... I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's a shame. And it's, it makes me sad, actually. And it's really sad. I mean, because the dude who was the manager, like, like his backstory was really sad. Like he lost his wife. Like he was raising two small, like elementary school children yeah. like, on his own, and just like, like just. I mean, he was doing shady shit on the side, like flipping those shoes on online. Like, oh you know, shit! You're not supposed to do that. Uh oh. And like, yeah, I mean, they shit got shut down. 
I mean, and then even before working at Tidic, I worked at Sporty LA. I'm rocking some fucking A-Lifes that I got at Sporty LA. Like When Sporty was ago. across the street on 5th? Yeah. Like, Sporty LA's gone, too. The Adidas Original Store, gone. Tribal was on 5th <laughs> yeah. Avenue, gone. Oh, um, Tribal was there. Damn, I remember that shit. Like, oh, Street like, Machine. Street Machine. For, there was there for over street a decade, machine gone. and the Adidas Store. And Commissary. Commissary, gone. Like, it's, it's really Would you say that's, that's more so because, like, People here just didn't even either they didn't know that they existed or they that's just part they, of it and or they, also yeah. just not enough support just not a support yeah I was like, say, like I say it all the thing. time I don't want to be negative people support five at a dime that's that is true but it's just not enough because it's, it's like there's stores in like L A like you know that have been around and they're like in really piece of shit really old neighborhoods but they've stood the test of time. Because of probably local support, and it's just like out here, we have that same image and we have that same like like status and all. this just like are maybe like, the local support. Are like the of yuppies that. and shit, the people that live around here, like do they are they? No, they don't come out of their castles. Yeah, that's how it's, I it's really strange. So, so to kind of reiterate, to kind of go over your point. So, this is just my personal experience. I don't know if I'm right about this, but. Mm. And I and I don't want to bash the city because I really do believe in the city and I do think there's a support system, but mm-hmm. it's just not enough. It's like we're almost spread too far apart. Like everything is twenty minutes away from everything, and people with the with the, with the presence of online, more people are willing to just pay. I we you should see how many people order product from us um, in San Diego online because they don't want to come downtown they don't want to have to and i don't blame them they don't want to come downtown they don't want to have to find parking they don't want to you know negotiate or navigate all those things and they're just like you know what i'll pay the six dollar shipping to just not have to worry about it and i get it i I, but you're not going to get this conversation you're not going to get you're not going to get the chance to like meet somebody cool Mm -hmm. or or make a new friend or something like that. But maybe that doesn't necessarily matter to people anymore. Was, I, don't, I don't know. That was, like, definitely my favorite part of, like, the boutique experience, um, especially when I was going to, like, City College with Richie, and, like, we would just walk down here together. And yeah. We'd, we'd fucking walk in all the stores, blends, and go talk to Edwin and go talk to you here and, like, just... I remember talking to Skylar at Commissary and just soaking up so much game from like so many cool individuals that had so much experience in like creating clothes and creating art and being part of the, the culture of what San Diego culture is to me. I yeah, mean, I think I think Edwin has a good. He's got a good understanding of it for San Diego, <clears throat> especially like that 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 youth. I think it's like a thing like all really, over. He's got it figured out. I just think everywhere around is just kind of like trying to to adapt to the times today, you know, just with the Internet, you know, being such a juggernaut that it is. And it's just only growing more and more as far as like the present. It's convenience. I feel like people are just like always trying to find something that's more convenient for them. So whether it be like the do I really want to go out of my way to do that whole process of coming to the store, or rather pay that six dollars shipping just so I can just have it delivered to my house. It's just yeah. kind of like. Because that's the that's the day and age we're in I, I right now. Like, I feel like what you're saying is because in the end they're gonna be able, they're gonna take that product and flex it on the internet, you know, like for their internet friends. Yeah, it's just but like so it's, it's with not everything. Like a real life like meetup kind of thing. Where yeah, like, you know. To me, like going to Hickey's and Dry Humps, which I've been doing since I turned 20, 
but <laughs> but like <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> um, yeah, it was super fucking important. It was like, yo, like this is where the fucking cool people go to yeah. listen to cool no, like, throwback that. music and like do cool ass shit. And even when it moved from, well, it's moved all over East Village and Gaslamp and everything. But like, yeah, we've moved twice, but we found a good home at El Camino. But it's yeah. changed. It's different. It's yeah. just because it's weird because. Like, I'm getting older, and they're staying the same age. It's just that <laughs> Dazed and Confused Matthew McConaughey reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Like, it's like these kids come in, they're 21 years old, and they're mm-hmm. they're trying to, like, fit in, and, and throwback stuff is kind of popular. You yeah, know? it's all right. right. So, I mean, look at design these days. It's all loosely off of... You know, late 80s, 90s. Yeah. Because that shit was cool. That was when shit right. was real. I mean, you could really fucking go out there and touch it and, like, see things. And Not that you can now, but just shit's so digital. Shit's yeah, so, so catered. What, yeah, I don't know how to describe that. But... Anyway, what's your favorite conspiracy theory? <laughs> <laughs> favorite conspiracy? Like, what? Like, is this a false flag? Or, like, do you think there's aliens, like, walking around East Village in disguise? Or, like... Well, I'll tell you this much, like, like I can enjoy a good conspiracy theory. Like, I'm basically a man-child. I feel 17 in, like, a, in a 40-year-old body. Like, I like fucking, I like though. young shit. Like, I don't, that can get misconstrued, but <laughs> I like, I li- I'm just a child. I like reading comic books or yeah. graphic novels. I like fucking watching wrestling, like we were talking yeah. about. You know, I like fucking playing video games. You no, appreciate the arts. 40, 44-year-old dude shouldn't be on Fortnite, but I'm on there. I'm on there struggling. <laughs> Give him your Fortnite name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, just, I really just appreciate, like, excitement and energy, you know, um, if it's anything from Comic-Con. Or, like, getting into the whole, like, like I like to, okay, so getting back to the conspiracy thing. Um, I've been a fan of Art Bell and the show Coast to Coast on AM 600. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So Art Bell, and now it's like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, so Art Bell, Art Bell, I believe Art Bell passed away. Um, anyways, they have a show on AM 600 called, called Coast to Coast, and it's really just conspiracy shit. Right, mm-hmm. but the host never is be, never is like, oh, that's not true, or you're lying. Like he's more like he embraces it, right? Yeah. But they have like a bunch of crazy shit. Um, I mean, I, I I I want that's here's the thing. I'm not a tin hatter, but I want to believe that there's aliens because it's fun. <laughs> you know I what mean, I mean? I, I, I want to believe aliens because it's that, fun. Yeah. I want to believe in ghosts and shit because it's fun. It's fun to scare yourself. It's fun to like get. I, I think it's an ignorant thing to think that there isn't anything outside. I'm definitely not a flat earther. Yeah, no, I think that's a dumb shit too. I'm There's definitely been, not like, that, but um, aliens though, like, or just a different life form, or just different shit outside of Earth. Like, I think we'd be foolish to think we're the only ones. Yeah, stupid. Dude. And then we had someone who was it like White Will's homie Phil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Phil, he was just like, how selfish of us. Like, that shit hella stuck with me. He was like, how selfish of us to think that we're the only, like, life forms out here. Yeah. Like, if you don't think that there's something else out there, then you're just, like, blind or ignorant or some shit like that. Or you just don't give a fuck. And then, yeah. like, 
when something does happen, then you're just going to be one of the people just to be super oblivious to the fact. Well, well, tell us why, bro. Like, what do you like? Is there something that you like believe? Do you like? Have you like ever experienced something? Like, when you see shooting stars, do you think like it's a fucking? No, no, no. I remember when I was little, I saw something in the sky that like I couldn't put my, I couldn't wrap my head around. I was Mm. like that. That was real crazy, and I was with my friends, and we all saw it type shit, and there was no going to Google and searching it and being like, what's in the sky? Like, you like know, 30 other SpaceX people. is fucking takes off, and everyone's like, like oh, like, shit, yeah, aliens, you know? Have like 100 was, people's different opinions on it. Until yeah, there was none of that, you know, kind of thing. I'm someone who believes that there's, like, crazier shit in our oceans than there is in space. There's, there's dude, there's... Because as scientists, in like they haven't even explored. They can't like, get to it. They've only explored like ten percent of the ocean because right. there's just like the majority of it is, is either like too hard to like to to discover, or there's just certain areas that are just super like like just no, you like it's just you can't go in that area because yeah. there's just certain some kind of like weird. I like, mean, the fact that we can, going on. we can only even experience so small of, like, the spectrum of, like, frequencies, like, with our senses. Like, we can only hear certain shit and, like, see certain colors and, like... Yeah, I'm, all, I'm constantly, <clears throat> like, like uh, my dogs tend to do... My, okay, this building that we're in is 110 years old. Yeah, it's old, uh, wow. right? That's pretty old. And... Um, I remember one of the old tenants that lived in the building next to us was like, oh, you didn't hear, like, in the 80s, blah, blah, blah. Somebody got murdered there, yada, yada. What the fuck? It's like, okay. Because if you look at the, because if you look at the, the, um, if you look at the building and the building next to us in our parking lot, um, it, this was, has always been, or was always a, a, a hotel. Mm. So the buildings next door originally Upstairs was where people would that those were the the hotel rooms, right? Right. And below it was where they would pull their horse and buggy in. We're mm. talking like or 110 Old years, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a car then. They were like I went to this I went to the city. I went I went to the city library. And upstairs they have like an archive of the city and like what was pre-existing. Yeah. And you can see our building and you can see the 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 plans. And you can see what it used to look like. It's just it's just line art. Yeah. But I was like, oh shit. Like blueprints. Like yeah, blueprints. Yeah. Well, my and, old job, they because uh, I used to work at the uh, Courtyard Marriott right here off Broadway and Six. By like, House of to, Blues. Yeah, by House of Blues. It used to be a really old bank. Mm-hmm. So we used to give out tours of the building because that that bank also used to be a shooting range. So, like, it has, like, a lot of historical shit with it. But, like, there's, like, this huge artwork of, like, what San Diego used to look like when it was just land. Right. And, like, there's, like, little stores, like, in little, like, buildings up front and all that. Um, but that goes all the way back to, like, I don't even know. It didn't even say, like, the early 1900s. And then... I mean, we, Lane Field used to be at the end of Broadway. Yeah. We used to have a baseball field... A professional baseball field at the end of Broadway, and now the only thing that you can see of Lane Field is a little, is a little plaque in the cement where home base used to be. Oh, you walk right it. past it, never know it was never, there. I would yeah. never know yeah. that. Yeah. So, I mean, this, yeah, the city's got a, a lot. There's a lot of historical. Yeah, look, I mean, look at like Horton Plaza, even too. Like they got a bunch of super old buildings that they've like transformed into a, a fucking 
plaza. Oh, all the I ones wanna, around it. I want to yeah. know. Horan Plaza is a mystery, though. Yeah, I feel like that's a conspiracy right Horan there. Horan Plaza is like, do you know who MC Escher is? Yes. Mm-hmm. Horan Plaza is the MC Escher of malls, dude. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck do I get... Dude, How do I get to GameStop? A lot of weird shit in the Plaza, bro. You got to go up to get to get to GameStop. But so, I, a, my bad, I don't. Okay, so you got so you have the black and white checker colored floors here, yeah. right? I don't know, like what inspired that, but but like black and white checkerboard floor is like something that they use in the Masonic lodges, like um. And it, it's to represent the universe and the duality of the universe. And because it's, I did it's, not know that. It's like the grid. Like, it, I remember, like, I, I don't know, I used to, like, sketch out, like, oh, what my store would look like, like, if I had a store when I was, like, 15. And I was always like, oh, I want to use, like, black and white checker floors because it represents, like, the universe and everything because for these reasons. Well, like, in Horton Plaza, there's, like, a few, like, specific areas where the floor is black and white checkerboard. And they have, like, those big, like, checker chess tables, like, chess boards, like, up on, like, the... The seventh floor, sixth floor, like right by the van store. Oh yeah, I have actually seen those. Yeah, and um, and they have like these weird benches that that are like set into like some of like the the walkway walls where it is just like all of a sudden it just dips in and it's like a kind of like a seating area and they're all black and white tile. Um, if you go and find like the Westfield like offices, like that hallway is all black and white checkered floor, and then they would do other shit like on top of some of the buildings. They would have like um, pine cones, and pine cones are something like a symbol that have been used um, in a lot of different religions and stuff like that to symbolize like the pineal gland, or which is like your third eye. Um, it, it's it's meant to because um, because the the cones on the outside, like the little shell parts, they they follow like the Fibonacci sequence like perfectly and everything like Dude, that. Dude, what? So, <laughs> Yeah, so, shit. so it's supposed to, like, it's, like, all these, like... So you're, like, really into this I'm stuff. about this shit, yeah, for I'm real. about to. He's a professional. But, damn, um, so I didn't know that. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. So, like, so they use a lot of these different symbols, and I think there's even, like, gargoyles and shit. So, like, I've always wondered, I, like... I want to say you're right about that. Yeah, like, I've always wondered, like, who, like, does, like, what about these people, like, decide, like, why they decide to build the mall in that way? I can't, I can't recall, but I do, I do... Th- Remember hearing that the lady, the architect who designed that mall, was really famous. Mm. I just think she missed the mark. I don't know. Dude. I just think the mall missed the mark as far as like the kind of stores that should have in there. Yeah, I feel but like they, when they first opened, they got like Gucci and Louis. Yeah. They had like really yeah, nice yeah. stores. What like, happened to that? They just Fashion could, Valley or what? No, uh-huh. I just don't think that store is shoppable. I mean, the mall is shoppable. It's just yeah. unshoppable. It was, it's it hard was, to get to. It's like mm-hmm. even their parking structure is like confusing. Kind of designed you remember, to I am fruit That's or true. vegetable. Yeah. Like, I yep. can't even. I'm fucking <laughs> confused <laughs> right now. Fruit or vegetable. Yeah, they got that stupid ass. Like, it was like three hours free. And then they like. Who's t- wasn't Dante just telling us that they sold the. That the city bought the parking lot. So now the parking lot is like not even owned by the mall. And like, so the. The shit is it kind of fucking up the the way that people go in there? But I don't know the don't, way the uh, way that they're de- laying out UTC is sort of like the future of malls. I think mm. you're gonna have see more experiences. You're gonna have things like Raised by Wolves, where it's like that's like literally a bar inside the mall, but mm. it's like done right, you know. Oh, like movie theaters is UTC are having the bars one that has now. Like tender greens in the middle. It's the one in La Jolla. It's like right off of the 805 in La Jolla. Well, they're really trying their hardest to make that area UTC the sort of the hub of San Diego. Mm. So you're going to start to see things pushed that way, I bet, um, because it is so central. 
Mm-hmm. Like if you're looking at, you know, San Diego on a map, like it, it's a lot it's easier. weird to hear that. Well, I'm sure they're it's trying to push that. to hear that that's central. Like I don't think of La Jolla. No, is central. I don't like, think of La Jolla. Is central. Like, but just like the area itself, though, is like that's like the better areas like that's what people like oh you hear la jolla like out of towners like it's yeah, already it's, like there's a, money there's a yeah. stigma to it already yeah. to where it's like i want to go over there yeah things are gonna you be know? nice it's gonna be safe people are paying for safe you know i don't know last time i was at utc i seen hella crackheads huh? last time <laughs> i was at utc i saw crackheads. a bunch of crackheads oh really yeah, yeah. i don't like UCC. crackheads go where it's safe too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think they want to be in fucking well, you, like a here I mean, in Horton the Plaza? Is if you're homeless or wh- whatever the case may be, like what fucking city are you going to live in? Yeah, one where it never rains and it's <laughs> sixty-five to seventy-five degrees yeah. at any given time. Unless we were talking a, about yeah. that with Dante too. Last, Unless you get a boat trip to Hawaii we were or something about the, like the, that. The crazies that come into the shops and shit. They, like, I remember the homeless acceptance that I've had and some of the experiences I've had. You, you wouldn't be surprised, but they're fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? especially we, where you're at. You're kind of like in the center of like I where mean, like we, Skid we, Row is around here, uh, like yeah, where like Eighth Avenue and shit. And I live here too. Yeah, and I've had, I've like, I've I've had anything from like, because our gates to our parking lot are now automated, mm-hmm. but for like seven years they weren't. Homeless people would come into our back parking lot all the time. Like, I've, I remember one time I <laughs> walked into the back parking lot. No, I was wa- heading towards the back parking lot, and I see a guy walking down the street with a garden hose. I'm like, what is this fool doing walking with a garden hose? I go in my back <laughs> parking lot, it's my garden hose. No shit. Fools fucking went back there and stole that shit. Damn. And what, what do you think he was going to do with that? I don't... I'm just saying, like, I'm walking down the street. I'm like, this fool has a garden hose. I'm not thinking it's my garden hose. <laughs> and then you realize your shit was missing. And then like, I oh. walk back there. I was this motherfucker got our garden hose. <laughs> and then, you know, I've been in my back office and I see... I fucking look out my window and I see a homeless lady back there with all their clothes off taking a shower with our replaced garden hose. <laughs> Wow. I've seen crazy stuff, dude. Yeah, I've, I've seen, seen people have like here, so. literally have um, literally overdose in our doorway. Yeah, I've seen so much. Somebody shit literally too. overdosed right in the doorway of seven oh one. Damn. I've That's had I've had somebody I've seen more vaginas and dicks than I care to have seen. Just walking the streets out I'm, here. I we had a guy come into the store once and threatened to kill us. He had his hand behind his back. He walks in the store. I wasn't there, but I came in later. Who was there that day? Um, uh, man, who was who was working that day? That's fucking scary, yo. That's fucking, yo, that's crazy. Man, who was working that day? I have to remember, come back to that, but... Our UPS guy was in the store. And the UPS guy said, not today, buddy. And he fucked that dude up. Oh, shit. He, like, hemmed him up real quick. And uh, I come walking into the store, you know, five minutes later. Because I don't know what's going on. I'm just walking from office back and forth. I come into the store. And I see this dude just duffed out on my hardwood floor. And the UPS guy's got him in some crazy, like, wrist lock thing. 
with his boot <laughs> dro- dro- just drove straight into the dude's throat. Picked like, the wrong, picked the on? wrong day to come in. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on? He said, "Oh, this dude threatened to kill us." Wow. So uh, somebody called the, the cops. They were there within one minute. Like there were like thirty police cars. Yeah. Because he threatened to kill us with a gun or some shit. Yeah. Or k- kill the people in the store with a gun. Yeah. Did he end up actually having a gun too? No. Yeah. It was a cell phone. He had oh a cell God. phone in his back waist. And no, you uh, never can be too sure, especially now. You nowadays. never can be too sure. Like sometimes the problem that I have is like you can almost become numb or used to it. Yeah. And I don't ever want to get caught off guard. Yeah. No, that was hard. Yeah. That sucks. Especially like like with everything that's happened within the last few years, just like just shootings and everything. Like a lot of people have somehow become numb. To thinking yeah. that it's, like, just acceptable or, like, it's the fucking status quo. Or it's just, I like, no, dude. When I was, like, in fucking sixth or seventh grade, I almost got kicked out of, like, my middle school because, like, we were issued laptops. And, like, the first thing I do when I get the laptop is, like, go on, like, CNN.com and, like, start to watch, like, the beheadings and shit like that. And I was just, And I, like, everyone was kind of, like, you know, crowding around, like, trying to see what was up and shit. And it was just, like, to be able to see some shit like that, like, as a kid and just, like, kind of, like... Like, it never really fucked me up. I mean, I'm, I'm probably pretty fucked up, but, like... Well, it, that's some dark shit. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just, like, you just get desensitized to, to it's some shit like that. kind of crazy, and you can't unsee it. Yeah. And it's, like, burnt into your memory, yeah, right? And now there's, like, so much wild shit on Twitter that you got to, like, oh, fuck. Like, I saw I got to scroll past it. And it's just, like, fuck. Like, I, I, saw a homeless guy, I saw a homeless guy beating off, and to this day, I can still see <laughs> him jerking it. And it yeah, fucking bothers the hell out of me, dude. <laughs> Like right now, while I'm telling you the story, I see it. I'm like, She's like I you can't. just saw it yesterday. Yeah, I remember when I was working at Sporty LA one day, and like the computer, like register area was like facing straight out the window. We could see like subway was our view, like the subway like, right there on by like Broadway. And I remember looking up one day, and I see a homeless guy just drops his drawers, starts shitting like off the sidewalk, just oh, like yeah. into the street. Jesus and Christ. I'm just like, and that's pretty common, dude. Yeah, or just like yeah. straight pissing on the window, like yeah. what the fuck? Like we'd go out there all. Moral of the story, downtown life yeah. could, be, could be a little nasty. Elliot told us a funny story the last episode. He said that one day when he was working here, he was, like, sitting outside, and uh, somebody came by and, like, gave him a dollar because they thought he was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> He's, dude, that sucks for him that, he, that I now know that. <laughs> now you're going to give him a dollar when you see him? Or oh, what? my God, because uh, at, at, at any possible moment, I like to rib... Elliot. <laughs> That's something you definitely should rip him for. Oh, yeah. He would take the dollar, though, every time I would give it to him, I'm sure. <laughs> I, was like, like, I was like, at that moment, you either just be like, why did you give me a dollar or just accept it just for, like, one looking like a bum? and So homely. You know what the fucked up part is, too? Sometimes, like, I'm like, <laughs> we went to Seattle last weekend, and I was, like, wearing rare panther sweats, and, like, I was kidded to me, you know? Yeah. And they're like, change your pants. Like, I'm like, dude, <laughs> shout out. Yeah. That's what I'm wearing costs way more than, yeah. you know, but it's that perception, man. Yeah. Elliot's probably had like really nice Jordans on or some shit. Somebody just hands him a dollar. So what kind of clothes are you into? And tell us about Seattle. I when I went to, when I went to Portland, I took your advice and checked out two of the restaurants you told me to check out. Oh yeah. It was a, a ramen spot and a, yeah, the ramen. I, I you said you didn't really care for it. Yeah, I didn't. I fuck with ramen head. No, yeah. no, I I love ramen. It just I, do, I something I, about maybe it was what I got. I don't know. Did you eat at Pak Pak? Yes, Pak Pak's good, but it's kind of getting played out. 
There's a so there's a Malaysian spot. I can't do it. I, I'm brain farting right now, but there's a Malaysian restaurant in in Seattle that we ate at. And fuck, dude, it's fire. It's like pock pock kind do you of. Eat meat? I don't. Oh, okay. I don't. So that's always been a struggle. But like any time, so my girl and I, like our whole thing. Anytime we go out of town, because we, it's very rare that I get to leave San Diego. But when we go out of town, our whole trip is planned on the city, based off of where we can eat and what we can eat. So mm. like our, we spent four days in Seattle, and it was just a food trip. We we did. Does eat fish though? Like, yeah, I eat fish. I do eat fish. Um, salmon. You guys yeah, got good. Yeah. yeah. Well, you were out there. Uh, did I eat salmon when I was there? I can't remember. I went to when I was in Seattle last year. I went to Vaughn's One Thousand Spirits. It's What's like, that? It's like um, it's a scratch kitchen. They have like scratch like sourdough bread, like pasta. And they have, like, super bomb, like, just fresh food and shit. It's super good. Um, but, yeah, I got this, like, macaroni and cheese that had, like, mushrooms and salmon in it. It's, like, right across from the uh, Seattle Art Museum from Sam. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I went to Seattle Art Museum, All right, Art next Museum time. Too. It was tight. Next time, for sure. You got Basquiat, Basquiat paintings and shit in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you go, like... The, the Art Museum, is that near the... Yeah, like Pike, Stratos- Stratosphere. Pike. No, no, no. That's the Pop Culture Museum is the one that's right uh, below it. Oh, okay. But the Seattle Art Museum is like right on Pike, like right where like the fucking, like where all those shop, shops and shit is. You know, you go to like that little area and there's like fucking just fresh fish on ice like everywhere. Oh, Pike's Place, whatever. Yeah, it's like some fish market. So it's kind of near there. there. It's right in there, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, like the way there. I look at Seattle is like Seattle is a more metropolitan San Diego. Mm. Because they've got the bay right there. We've got the bay. Mm-hmm. Their skyline is much bigger than ours. Mm-hmm. Then they've got the midtown and the uptown, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, for us, we've got Bankers Hill rolling into Hillcrest, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very similar. Um, but everything is so fucking walkable in Seattle. Yeah. It's up. It was, like, I was really, for, for our experience, happy. But then looking at Seattle, I mean, San Diego is upsetting. So, like, we we basically spent, within those four days, we didn't really, we just we just walked everywhere. We walked everywhere. I think we walked, like, I looked at my little, um, my, my phone app for, yeah, yeah. like, Damn, I've been miles. steps in a minute. Miles walked. We walked like almost 30 miles. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. But, like, everything... And Darcy, my sister Darcy sort of explained it to me, but like, but like, we'll say we walked to an ice cream shop that was like a mile and a half away, mm-hmm. right? It sounds far, but in retrospect, there was so much shit to look at on the way to the ice cream shop. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not the case here. Like, if there was an ice cream shop a mile and a half away here, you'd be like, fuck, that's far. Because there's nothing really that engaging along the way. Yeah. See some nice homeless people, though. So, like, because there's, like, restaurants and cool stores and, oh, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, where our Airbnb was, we were, like, a block and a half from that Malaysian restaurant that I'm talking about. Uh-huh. We were, like, two blocks from this cycling shop called Rafa that I, like, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And this was all accidental. Like, I didn't even know this. I'm like, oh, shit, we're, like, two blocks from Rafa. Um, and then, you know, in, and also, like, Scotch and soda is on, is not in a mall. Oh, it's on the street. It's on the street. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, there's a fucking, like, Bloomingdale, not Bloomingdale's, um, 
Barney's. Yeah. Barney's is like so, it's on the street. Soda, yeah. Like, it's not, they're not in malls. So. Or what am I thinking of? No, I wasn't thinking of Scotch no, bar- and Soda. Scotch and Soda is tight, but. Scotch um, and Soda yeah. I was thinking of that other brand that's like, I don't fucking know. Okay, so right. speaking of, like, going back to your questions, uh, speaking of brands that I like, I, I don't know why I fuck, I fuck with Scotch and Soda, dude. Yeah, they're like. I, a, I like them. They're like, what would you compare it to? I feel like it's a kind of like, it's a way cooler, like J. Crew. It's like J. Crew for, like, ag- like cool, I like. I guess so. Oh no, because I mean they have like gingham shirts. It's and, like, like flashy J. Shit. Crew. Yeah, like you it's know a little what I'm bit saying? more player. Like floral. It's There's more, more florals. Yeah, and, yeah. I like their pants. I guess I don't know, dude. Pants, bro. Yeah. But what do you? Okay, so what do you? What's like your scotch and soda pieces that you have that you're like hyped? I have on? a lot. Mostly jackets. Yeah. I mess with the. I mess uh, with their their jackets. They have. I have a couple brothers, wool jackets. Two of my brothers, they fuck with scotch and soda. Super tough. Yeah. I like it a lot. I like the store. Plus, my buddy Nick it. works at the one in Fashion Valley. Oh, sick. And <laughs> fucking, I hate to. I'm about to admit something, but I'm a fucking. I'm. A, I'm a bargain shopper. So, mm. like, I can't necessarily afford scotch and soda at full retail. Mm. But like, that's all that stuff. Not just that brand, but whatever. That a lot of brands go on sale. I just yeah. wait for the sale, you know. Yeah. They have good quality. Okay. They have huh? good quality shit. They have good quality stuff. And then and uh they got it at the rack sometimes. They do? Yeah, I've seen some shit. I've there. never seen Scotch and Soda outside of their own stores. Mm. But uh yeah, I, I like that. I like that brand the most, I think, right mm. now. Um but yeah, so my my point is that like we walked everywhere. Like there were four really great ice cream shops all within a mile or change of each other, and we walk to all of them, you know? I would never do that in this city. I don't know if it's, I'm spent too much time here, or I'm jaded, or something, but um, or just the fact that we're like, well, we only have the one chance, we're in Seattle, we might as well do it. Mm-hmm. But there was like a ton of shit to look at along the way. And people were out. Mm-hmm. People were out on yeah. the street, dude. Was it, like, was it raining like up until about like your, your hat height, and then it kind of just is dry? The rest of the way down. That's how it was. When we yeah, were nobody there. nobody walks around with umbrellas there. No, there's like four umbrellas, and it'll be like kind of raining. Yeah, it was kind of raining. It was kind of raining. It's always on. raining there. No. And yeah, but it's like weird because like they don't even call it rain. Like they don't consider that shit rain. Just like in Chicago, when it's like lightly snowing, they don't consider that snow. Yeah, it's like, just like oh, it's a regular day. Which yeah, is like it's, it's negative like, uh, fifty or sixty over there right now. Like, by the it's way, like negative twelve. It was like no, like right now it's like right now it's like really nice. It, no, right now it's like negative fifty, negative negative fifty. Yeah, like, they said like in the real, Midwest, guys, like, anything yeah. past negative one is cold. It's fucking nuts. But like <laughs> over there, it's like, like watch, look up, look at the I'm weather and shit right, right now in San Diego. I was Diego. just looking at it earlier with, with bro. I saw something on the wind the other chill day. too. Like it's nine. Oh, it's nine now. I don't know where it was said. Like it was like in no. mid, like it doesn't min, get Minneapolis. Bro, like I was that. just no, but on everything on like I saw some weather channel. To be negative negative tw- fifty. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's like that's fucking unhuman, unhumane. Tomorrow night is supposed to be negative twenty one. It's like unhumane right over there. But yeah, my, my I, I, I don't I, know where I grew up bro. in NorCal, so I spent a lot of time in the mountains, oh, yeah. like snowboarding. I really saw and, somewhere that in the weather just said negative fifty. That's why I was, <laughs> on that. I was like, maybe fuck, I wouldn't dude. doubt it. But fucking harp like, back at that it again. Just seems like that's you like would just go outside and like, decide to die. That's like some Game of Thrones shit. Do you guys like, believe in like the whole like weather manipulation of like the government, like that harp? Okay, like, like I have a story for that. Okay, so in two thousand and eight, we were lucky enough to go to the Olympics. So we were part yes. of this like whole thing called the Gumball three thousand. And they did their 10-year anniversary, and we were part of it. And the final stop was Beijing for the 2008 Olympics. And 
it was hot as fucking balls. So we started out in Shanghai and we drove all the way from Shanghai to Beijing. It took us like two days or something. And it was hot as balls. It was fucking muggy. It was disgusting. We're talking August in China. It was so gross. I've never experienced humidity like that in my life. As soon as we roll into Beijing, perfect weather. Mm. Beautiful. Okay? Keep in mind, Beijing is, has a huge smog problem. Huge. Like the like biggest population in the world. Huge. Too, no? So they were, what they were doing, I think there's more to it, but part of what they were doing was regulating the traffic in and out of the city. So like at one point, we were in our car and we accidentally got stuck behind a blockade because they were, weren't lit, they were only letting so much traffic onto the freeway at any one time. So we sat in an hour and a half, two hour like blockade waiting for it to open up. But that was just part of it. Like, I really think, like, how could you, ha- how, how could the rest of China be what it was like? Disgusting, gray, hot, muggy. You get into Beijing, it's the Olympics, and it's beautiful. It's like perfect weather, there's not a cloud in the sky. Like, I really think that they fucked with some shit there. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would be the place to do it, too, because that's, like, the highest population in the world. Well, I mean, you want to put on a show, right? And that, too. It's kind of like how they... they, There was a huge knock for, like, Brazil with, like, the Rio de Janeiro. Like, that's, like, everywhere around it is just... Poverty. Sorry. All right. Man down. <laughs> some shit about Florida. Yeah, it's, and it's super fucked Boy, up. Like they, they do the Olympics, right? They go in, they do the Olympics, and then they they fuck up the environment. Mm-hmm. They fuck up like what's I mean, as far as like the people living there. Mm-hmm. Like now, these people have these stadiums and auditoriums and all this shit that they can't do shit with. Mm-hmm. Like somebody went actually to Beijing and went back and looked at some, uh, and they're just run down. Yeah, like other than ruins. Yeah, other than the bird's nest, that famous stadium that they made. Yeah. Other than that, like almost everything is like fucked up and and destroyed because nobody can take care of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like like and to the point of like, I'm not Captain Obvious guy. I don't immediately go in a room and go, okay, this and this, this and this is wrong, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, right. But we get there, I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this so nice here? Like, (laughs) yeah, like it was kind of a trip. Um, And then I guess I have my own conspiracy, and I think that like, look at like, look at like the weather in California, right? Yeah, I really think that. Somebody's manipulating, or they're manipulating the weather and not allowing it to rain here. Mm-hmm. And it creates dry weather. It creates the fires. It cre- creates a demand for us needing water. Yeah. Now, like water if shortage. you're the U.S. government yeah, water and you, and you yeah. look at California. Hell, air quotes a, just got thrown up right now. Just a lot of. You look at California quotes. as a problem, right? Because we're this democratic state and we're mm-hmm. going against the grain and we're we. What is it like a? What's the new thing that everyone's up in arms about us, like sovereign cities? Well, we're like we're considered a a, a sanctuary city. Sanctuary, yeah. sanctuary oh, city, yeah. sanctuary city. Sorry, my, my my apologies. Sanctuary city, sanctuary cities in California, and so like you know, I this this is my own take. 
I have my own conspiracy. It's like they're just robbing us of it. Like, how many times have you looked at the weather and it goes, oh, it's about to rain, and then all of a sudden it just doesn't? Mm. I'm like, what the Probably fuck? Somehow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know, dude. It's just weird to me. Yeah. It's like you're, they're starving us out of water, and then we have to pay for it from elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, there's also the other side of just what's just, you know, maybe the global warming. Is I mean, of too, course. But Yeah, of course. I know, that's why Bro, it's like but, it's okay, like shit. how you were like, I'm not a flat earther. Dude, my boss told me <laughs> that I work for three days a week. Um, he is like, um, he, fuck, bro. He, I mean, he's not a flat earther, but he's just like, you know, the, the world was created when God said it was 5,000 years ago. Like, and, you know, there was a brief period where dinosaurs lived here because God let them. And like, I, like he like for the, all the time that I've known him, which has been like three years, maybe a little bit more, he's been very like on the conservative, like Christian side of things, right? And I'm sorry, what was the last thing that you just said? Well, I was talking about California being starved of water. That was the last thing. So like, I don't know, bro. I, I was kind of going into something about that, but like, it's just it's just super odd. I mean. He he's always talking about like how global warming isn't real, like a lot of people how it's, think that. and 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 that that always kind of tripped me out. You know what I mean? And I like, but I know, I, I know people that think that. But I kind of like I, some of the shit that he's explained to me. Like it starts to make sense to me in this really like weird way. Where like like I mean I used to get force fed Christianity, so now I'm like I, I'm likewise. Not, I'm a little bit more like mm, no, I can see the bluff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but. Like, bro, just the other day, it was, like, Friday. Like, I wasn't even supposed to be at work. I was just, um, I just went in there to, like, go work on my own shit for a little bit. Um, And uh, he starts talking to me out of nowhere, and he's just like, oh, I've been watching this show on Netflix. And, um, yeah, just recently, like, I started watching this YouTube series um, that's called, like, it's, like, on the UFO channel of YouTube. He's like, I know that might sound strange, but there's a conspiracy, like, video on there. And it was all about... He's, like, going down this list of like things. He's like, yeah, they talk about 9-11, and they talk about this and that. And he's like, um, it was really interesting. You should check it out. I immediately throw it on the computer. Like, I have two monitors, so one of them is now facing me and him, so we're both watching it. And uh, we're kind of, like, in, like, about 20 minutes, they're talking about the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and... And um, like Freemasons oh, and big oil companies and, and all and all shit like this, where it's like you know the shit that goes back really far ancient cultures and like they start bringing it forward and like how they they run everything now basically, mm-hmm. and um, and so I'm like, Bill, like how much of this like are you buying into like 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 how much of this do you believe? And he's kind of like, you like to be honest, like a lot of it. And I was like, oh, like, that's really interesting to me because, like, the whole time I've known you, like, you, like, I feel like I've kind of tried to say little things. Super Christian? Yeah, Yeah. super. And I I just feel like, you know, I would kind of just make comments about the government and, like, it it was just weird. Like, I think he kind of, like, he didn't really know, like, what I was about, you know what I mean? And and I kind of kept it like that on purpose to just keep the relationship, like, really professional. But, um... But yeah, he was starting to tell me that he was buying into a lot of this shit, and I'm just like, damn, like, well, I watched Loose Change when I was in, like, 
11th or 10th grade and that was the conspiracy theory about 9-11 and ever since then I just thought it was a false flag and that like the government set it all up and like our government's fucked up and it's just trying to fucking get over on us and like and then and then he started bringing up how like Pearl Harbor was a false flag and uh, he was in the Navy for like 25 years yeah I've heard some of those and like he was like no yeah like it was like um, they knew that that was going to happen yeah they like, didn't before. they didn't stop it yeah exactly yeah. and like you know, the whole remember they Pearl Harbor. They needed a reason. They needed exactly. a reason. And then he started telling me about the other one where it was supposed to be like, um, where it was uh, was the reason why we got into World War II, I think. And it was because there was this um, there was this ship that was bringing over a bunch of Americans from like England or something like that. And yeah. they were supposed to be escorted um, so that everything was going to be chilling. And then like there, the escort ship, there was like a, it was like a destroyer, like a military destroyer. It just turned around and it let that ship go on its own. And the ship ended up going into, like, international waters where, like, another, like, a German ship or something, like, blew it up and or sunk it and fucking, and, like, a whole bunch of Americans died. And, like, that's our segue into World War yeah. II. Seems like there's lots of those, right? Yeah. And so, like, and then however, like, you spin the media of it, you know, like, however you I don't you know spin, what you're talking about with like that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, go, we'll go look it up and shit. But, like, the world is fucking crazy. I think it's almost impossible to believe anything, even when you see it with your own eyes, mm-hmm. it could be, it's, you know yeah. what I mean? It's fucking, it's a nutty, nutty place to, time to live. We live in a, a world of misinformation, too. Mm. A lot of fucking bullshit on the internet, and we're yeah. all regurgitating it. Yeah. Like, I don't mind, I love the conspiracy theories, but I think you need to be smart enough to I'm hoping that people can look at both sides of every yeah. thing and t- take mm. from it what you can yeah. and leave, I, leave I the bullshit behind. definitely encourage people doing their own research. Do your and, own research. And not just yeah. like Googling and Wikipedia and shit. I, like, I, I've you know? had the argument with a lot of people where I go, did you even, you're reposting this thing, but did you, Yeah. like, this isn't real. This mm. isn't a real thing. This is something that's made up. Mm. So you get up in arms and you... Get distracted. We, yeah. The world, people want us distracted, so they're doing things behind closed yeah. doors, and they're pushing buttons. Or the Wizard of Oz, and they're yeah, to, for the fear mongering, for the control. I mean, government, government, governing. The governing is controlling. Ment is mentality, mental. The you know the mind controlling the mind, mind control and manipulation of the masses is what they are there for. I mean, that's. that's Speaking of the government, the that should just reopened like a couple of days ago. Yeah. So shout out to all the federal employees. That shit was their, crazy. Getting I their mean, money finally. I didn't. I, I I understand the seriousness of it, the complexity of it, but I just I, I, over a wall. That's nuts. It's fucking nuts. I mean, we had to fly out of Sandy uh, out of Seattle, and the TSA line was like three hours cause they didn't have because they didn't have enough people. Because they didn't have enough people. Maybe it wasn't that long. It was a long time though. Yeah, it was TSA. Um, it's Border it's TSA, Patrol. Yeah. It's fucking post office it's like certain uh, health dude shit is fucked up right now dude yeah a, it's super fucked up i just think i think this is like if there's one takeaway from this podcast i hope that people like like take the time do the research and and don't just like immediately believe the first thing that you see or hear yeah no, like don't react off the first thing you yeah, see I like think, off of twitter or like wherever spend some time with it and i think that if you're gonna have a conversation an argument or a, see both sides of it of it yeah. try to see the other person's perspective yeah. you know because 
Like, I think that everybody has validity to a point. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you get a little fucking crazy and yeah. with it, but... Um, I think that's, like, how, how you were kind of talking about... Um, I mean, in the beginning of our conversation of, like, the Five and a Dime brand Bible and, like, getting people together and, like, cooperating is it's just super important because everyone has a piece of the puzzle. No one has the whole thing. Everyone is a piece of the puzzle. I've used this analogy a fucking jillion times, but I think it really drives the point home for San Diego. It's like, we're all, there's all these creative people. And unfortunately, like if you really want to make it for yourself, you, you, you seem to have to go to a different market. You got to go San Francisco, LA, New York, Chicago, right? something much bigger. But, but now a lot of people are able to stay here. And and when you get into these beefs and these arguments or disputes with I don't like this person and yada yada, it's because everyone's fighting over fucking scraps. We're fighting over the, like the thinnest slice of pie, mm-hmm. and like the only way that I sh- I really see it working out is if we cooperate and we can try to make that pie bigger for everyone. Mm-hmm. So then everyone can eat. You know, you yeah. look at you look at these. Um, at this point, <coughs> it may be spiraling a little out of control. But you look at a lot of these breweries, these there's enough pie there for everyone to eat mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. currently. Yeah. Maybe maybe at some point there'll be too many breweries and whatever, and then you'll start to see the disputes and shit. But but um I feel like there's a brewery on every corner. There is, like, there there is. Really, yeah. San Diego is like one of the major hubs for the independence, you know? There's That's like crazy. fucking there's like three breweries on national. There's like Thorn. But Street. they all get along with each other. Yeah. Right? Order X. Yeah. They yeah. all get along with each other. So mm-hmm. we need to be using that sort of mindset. Is it going to last forever for them? I can't say. But we need to be using that mindset yeah. at least. And I think that's why like create a Clean Slate is super important. And then whatever else we can do. Yeah. You know, even if it's hickeys and dry humps coming out. And, and then the way that we support Hide and Go Freak. And the way we support yeah. the Travelers Club. Yeah. I mean, we're, doing, we're a fucking promoter. Um, but mm-hmm. we're not going around bad mouthing them, even though we, there's we sort of bleed into each other, like this, the the people we may bring to San Diego, mm-hmm. we support each other, mm-hmm. right? You know, because I that. I think it's just the better I think it's the better move. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I, most definitely. It, I mean, it was inspiring for me to you know come to the eighth and G meetings. I came to like three of them, right. or four of them. And to just see all the stories, like, in one room, just talking about how everything could um, could be kind of cohesive and we could kind of, well, you guys could create I, this I, as, like, a shopping destination. Yeah. I feel like maybe it was never it did, meant to be there. It, yeah, but maybe not. But, I mean, in my eyes, when I was there, I mean, to me, you guys were always the fucking evildoers. Like, East Village. Yeah. Like we, we, we got some, we have some other stuff that, like, I'm hoping pans out. I have some stuff that I'm just, I... I don't want to share it, not because it's like sense, sensitive information. It's just like I don't. I have a tendency to get overly excited about stuff and share, and then it doesn't come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And then it's like I'd rather be, I'd rather under promise over deliver in my life now. I just I'm trying to. I gotta. I've got to like dial it back a little bit. But there's some stuff that we're like hopefully going to work on that could be really great. I mean. Eighth and G didn't really manifest into what I was hoping it would be. Um, some of it was like out of our control, but you'll learn this too. Like I think along the way, it's like with Eighth and G as a movement. Like there's just some people are gonna want it more. 
mm-hmm. right? So there were there were people on this block that were willing to put more effort into it than others. And when you're do, when you're carrying the eighty percent of the workload, it gets a little discouraging. Yeah. Right. So a lot of these things just die because the one person who g- gave a shit just doesn't give a shit anymore because they don't want to. You know, how many, you're in college and you you have a group project and one person does all the work type shit. Yeah. It's like that. Well, on that note. That was um, always me in college. Yeah. On that note, as we kind of like start to get to wrapping this up. Where how long you, is this one? Shit, we're, we're about like at an hour, 40 minutes. All right. Yeah. yeah I could, like, it's so there. crazy. Like, I was like, two hours. Okay. But like, honestly, I could fucking go and go. Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, every. <laughs> The episodes feel like that, bro. I mean, because we we got we have a solid relationship. Like we could talk about cool shit. We could, there's yeah. a million fucking things. I there's mean, a million no, no. things to cover within like million things. But we gotta get to know you a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So um, thank I you was, for this. By yeah. The way. No, I was, got yeah. Some stuff no, I was gonna say like just a few more questions because okay, like, go for like, it. Well, the first the first one I was gonna say is just like where do you see yourself like at, at since we're at the top of the year right now? Like yeah. what, what are your goals? Like, as far as just, like, where do you want to see yourself at, so, at the end of this so year? some sh- short-term goals? Yeah, some like short-term. Okay, so, so, listen, we've been at A28G for 13-plus years, and the landlord wants to retrofit the building. So, is that going to happen? I don't know. Is he going to get the, the funding to do it? I don't know. But, but at some point, we're probably going to get the boot, Okay. Um, there was talk of, talks of it being in March. Now it's getting pushed back. Like, I don't have no clue. So we're going to have to do something different, right? So we've been, t- as a family, we've been talking a lot about what what does the future entail. So I would say without us even leaving 828, it got us thinking about things that we want to improve on. So one would be doing some fun pop-ups, okay? Mm. Um, is that four or five at a dime? I don't know, but definitely the good stuff. So... We're going to do more pop-ups. We're, going to, we're working on doing more business-to-business business as far as good stuff is concerned where we can get our cookies in coffee shops or, you know, whatever, small convenience stores, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're doing the market circuit. So Clean Slate, we're having our first ever, uh, end of February, we're doing our first ever vintage meet, which is just, all the vintage reseller guys, all the thrift vintage guys. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a clean slate in the sense of, cause clean slates sort of like it's what clean slate is about, is about getting rid of old merchandise, right? Yeah. Um, swapping swap meat style. Vintage is more about those guys that have grail pieces. Grail old pieces. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so we're going to do our first ever vintage market. Um, end of February, and then in March we're going to continue to do clean slate. We're we're scheduled to do five clean slates, and then if this vintage one takes off, then we're going to do hopefully more vintage. And then we're talking about other fun markets that we can do. Mm. Um, and then that, for good stuff, that will be more opportunities for good stuff to get on these markets. Plus whatever addition the barrio markets and whatever else exists like markets seem to be like that new wave um so we're trying to get on that and then like i said um if we don't have the store i definitely would love to see five and a dime do pop-ups around the city i'd love to like experience other barrios and not Mm -hmm. just downtown yeah been here so long i feel i feel handcuffed or shackled to this block 
So I mean, there's going to be a bit of a relief to it's like a time for change. Yeah, time for change. So and we're ready. We're we're super ready. Dope. Um. So th- those would be some short term goals, and then hickeys like we're gonna we've got some stuff like I just don't have any solid things, but we're definitely working on doing more promotions, bringing artists, maybe doing um like some big like a mini festival. Yeah. Or oh, something. Shit. Cool. Let yeah. me know, bro. I'd love yeah. to get a fucking set for That's, real. Dude. I just I just played at a Chula Vista brewery with um with Bubba. Are Cortez. you DJing? Yeah. Oh shit, okay. No yeah. man. Well, I mean you're more than welcome to jump in on one of our Saturdays at El Dorado or something. Yeah, just if you want the experience. I mean, that's what I did for for Mondi and and yeah. Malik and these other guys. Like, yeah. like Mondi's a pretty good DJ, and like I'm trying to, I'm not DJing as much anymore. Like, slim to none. But I'm trying to extend the olive branch and like yeah. help these help uh, other up and comers. Yeah. yeah, my mentors are fucking sick. I mean, Bubba Cortez, yeah, kid, Wonder Kid, like, yeah. Omar. Yeah, Omar and Bubba, they've all done stuff. Omar was with Hickey's at the very beginning, too, yeah. so. Yeah. That's dope. Okay, what else? What else do you got for me? Uh, well, as far as, just like, like that, like, that's pretty much it. But um, I, we do, I have this segment, just, uh, just like, random questions, just, okay. you know, straightforward answers. Oh, shit. So, uh, first one I always like to ask, do you like the weather, hot or Cold. Cold. You like it cold out here? Okay. I like. I prefer it cold because then you can dress up. I like to. I like to be layered. Like layered up. Yeah. Can't do that here, man. If you saw my jacket closet, you'd fucking freak out. You got tons of jackets I, and bombers. I, 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 and all my, that. We literally have a closet that's a bedroom. Me and my girl. One of the rooms upstairs is just <laughs> nobody. The person moved out, and like we're like that's our closet. That's your walk-in closet. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. fucking walk-in closet, Dope. and it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um. Would you rather have a burger or a taco if you can only eat one? Uh, tacos all day. Anything that you can put a lime on. I like that much. answer. Yeah. 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 Uh, some brands that you always have to have on deck. It's like a top top three brands that you can, top can't live without. three brands. That's not yours. Or I'm going to throw, fuck it, throw yours in. Yeah, throw, you, can yeah, you can be your own. Yeah. Well, I have no choice but to wear five in a dime. <laughs> Gotta have it. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We've had a couple of people, like, I've asked them these questions. Uh, like, Leon was one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dude, Leon's couple, been there from day one. He's such a good heads, supporter. A couple other heads have said five and a dime. I think Richie. Richie's one, too. Yeah, that's, Richie. That said five and a dime. He's uh, That's always one of his brands that he's always got to have. Because they, they, they said that they always got so many, like, old vintage pieces, too. So yeah, people collect around. it. It's super weird. It's real crazy. Like, we do have some boxes of, like, back like dead stock stuff that oh, we yeah. just like kept what? like one of you know just yeah. so we have it that's so we can go back and museum it or whatever but mm-hmm. it's really crazy when you see people's stuff and you're like fuck that or they're wearing something that looks brand new and it's like 10 years oh, old like i'm like how the hell? Like six years yeah because yeah. like, i wear the shit out of my stuff dude i wear shit till it's like just I, I tell color. people i'm really fat on my clothes mm. i'm i'm heavy like I'm the guy that like eats the taco and then has it on the, the shirt. Talk like old hot sauce stains on your yeah, shit. Got, and still yeah, wear yeah, it. yeah. All my sh- all my shoes are all like uh, <laughs> all the soles are worn out on the the one side. I'm just heavy. I just I'm not. It's not like completely yeah. broken. All my pants then it's have like holes in why them. not? Yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, scotch and soda for sure. Mine. Uh, I don't know, dude. I'm not super like brand driven. I mean, here's my thing though. 
I'll say this. Mine is two. Is two. The third slot would go to any anybody I fuck with. It's okay. like Rottweiler or any brand that like I'll go in and buy. I try to support. I really, yeah. really try my hardest to support. Like I don't need the discount. You don't need to give me the thing for free. I've even like to this day I'll even just order shit off of the hundreds. Mm. And I know like yeah. I could probably just ask, but I I refuse to ask. I just would rather support. Rather support it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's a good mentality yeah. to have. Are you wearing a Supreme hat? No, this is um, like Ebbets Field. Oh, that's this is Sacramento. That's so what long. I thought it was yeah. at first. I was like, this was wearing an Ebbets Field hat, but I was like, I gotta ask. Yeah, it's Ebbets red Field. and it's got the white. I, I like Ebbets Field a lot. Yeah, yeah. but. Oh, yeah. Uh, last, last one. Okay. Three albums that you gotta have if you were ever in a, like, say, an apocalyptic situation. Dude, I can't answer that. Like, I, I mean. Music Bro, is like the music fucking is, world just came to an end. You're fucking you. There's a record store. You're gonna go <laughs> in there and grab three albums, and then you're gonna fucking just live with those. I, uh, you got a CD player and you got three CDs you could grab. It could be a greatest hits too. Yeah, it could be a greatest hits. Oh, no, a fucking mixtape. I can't do this. I like too much stuff. <clears throat> you're gonna go. You're gonna be musicless for the rest of your life. I would rather you, be musicless. <laughs> you'd than rather have be musicless than have to no, choose. If you're like on a uh, stuck on an island, because uh, like I make the decision, I'll be like, no. I mean, right? you got three just to choose Fuck. from. Fuck, oh, dude! Like I've thought about this a jillion times. It's like somebody says, "What's your who, What's your number one?" I was like, "I can't number one it. <laughs> I just just can't." Okay, okay. Uh, um, just jump out the window with it. <laughs> I would say, I, I would say, Sade's entire catalog. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. Yes. Like, I could fucking listen to that anywhere you and everywhere. Him. Yeah, you and him. Yeah, that's, his, <laughs> that's his shit, too. Like, I am, like, starving for them to go on tour one more time. Just one more time. I could just get one. It was her birthday one recently, show. too. No? Yeah. One last show. Like, last I mean, week or something. Like last week. It was, like, her birthday. Yeah. I, one, like, retweeted something from her. I only got the opportunity to see him one time, but like maybe we got, one we gotta more. we gotta like get the hologram going or some shit. You gotta Dude, she needs to be like a Coachella looks, or something. She still looks perfect. She Dude. needs to be uh, like a headliner yeah, at Coachella. Really does. Uh, yeah, so like Governor's Ball or some shit like that. I don't know. Like it's one of these festivals. Yeah, she'll headline that. She'll shit. pop out. We'll, we'll get her. We'll see her. I well, I don't know if they're gonna time. make any more music, but if they do. And hopefully we get that. Shit, last Lauren tour. Lauren Hill's out here still singing her one album. So Lauren Hill never did it for me. I don't know why. Sade, Sade can definitely do it then. Yeah, yeah, Lauren no, Hill she, never she ever. I know there's certain people like people will be like Wu Tang. I was like I never fucked with Wu Tang. Like I love Lauren Hill. They're one. They're one album. Lauren Hill yeah, just yeah. couldn't. I just the Miseducation. Lauren Hill is a beautiful can't. project. But like I love Fuji's though. The like, Fuji's album Fugees, is yeah. great. Oh okay, yeah. The score. Yeah, the score is. A, that's gotta be masterpiece. Yeah, that's yeah. F- dude. I re- anything you bump on repeat and repeat, and then you look at all the liner notes in the CD or tape cover or whatever. Facts. Yeah. So you have Alsade's discography. I would say every. Yeah, I would say because even the new stuff at first I was like, Mwah, but now I would go back and listen to it. I'm like, oh shit! I'm, yeah. I'm kind of feeling it. Yeah. So. And you have anything else to that, or is it just no, all that? Just I, that all that. It. It's just, <laughs> I think that would be it. I mean, she's she's got like fucking like what four or five I, albums. Got, I think it's four. 
like four albums. Okay. Well, hey, you know that's good. Fuck okay. it, I'll take that. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. That that concludes our series cool. of questions. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yo, we appreciate you, episode. man. Yeah, buddy. Dice da- da- rolling, motherfucking radio. Wilder and shit, bro. Like that shit's so much. Experiences down here in downtown, and like being being given so much game by like the streetwear heads of San Diego. That you know, I owe I owe so much to that, bro. Well. Don't really know what to say to that because that always makes me feel a little awkward. Oh, yeah, but I, I just feel like it's my responsibility to. It w- it was like to the, steer people in the right direction if possible. Yeah, I mean, it, no, it's not even so much like stylistically or anything. It's just like work. Yeah, that's like what work. that's what I mean. Like, yeah, just like my it. my whole goal is to like hopefully help people not skin their knees as bad as mm-hmm. we did in certain aspects of running a business. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate Thank it. You, Thank man. you, man. Yeah. You heard it here first from the OG here at 5 on a dime. Oh, shit. Dice Roller Radio, episode 35. G Street. Historic shit going down, will be. Oh, yeah, man. Make sure you guys come out. 5 on a dime. Support the local stores. Get the good stuff cookies. Get some cookies, man. Get, get some cookies, cookies for your loved here. one. Anybody that likes anything sweet. Packed and packaged with love. You know what I'm saying? Come and get then, a t-shirt out here, And then you get like a discount too. if you bring back the jar, right? Some shit. You, you do get a that. discount. Do you guys know that Gems. the jar is for your glass of milk? That's why she did that? Oh. That's at super some, convenient. At, at some point, she's going to like rebrand it, and it'll have that, I think. Well, there you go, man. Not just only... for fun. You know, a little like breakdown. A little, like a little like, just like instruction manual. Yeah, li- like, like I think it might thing. be like a coaster instruction manual. Not only are you getting that, cookies. That comes out of the top, and then you can... You you're get getting it. a jar for the milk of your liking. They're not just yeah. giving you regular milk for all you lactose guys. You know, get some almond milk. Soy yeah, milk, the jar, whatever. So then you can pour the glass of milk. Put some chocolate mm-hmm. milk, however, yeah, whatever you your preference. You can bring your jar back, or you can store your weed in it, which I find that too. That's another thing. It's a pretty common. <laughs> yeah, mason jars are perfect for sealing your <laughs> weed. <laughs> I've you heard it saying? numerous <laughs> times. Like, bring your jar back. Oh, I this think is that's completely shit. off the wall. But like, okay, you know how like avocados, like if you slice them in half, you throw them in the fridge, like they're brown. Like they're gonna be brown in like ten hours. But like, if you put an avocado in a mason jar, that shit'll look fresh for like three days. Does it for real? Yeah, I just use lemon juice. Or and, lime and then juice. what? Like a Ziploc bag? I use lime lime juice and I just put like a thin layer of oh, like cellophane. Oh, yeah. And it stays, but I'll try the. I, yeah. Wh- okay, I'm gonna put that to the test, bro. Try awesome. it out. We'll see it's if you're telling solid. me the truth or not. Nothing but gems, man. Nothing here. but gems, bro. We be <laughs> dropping Nothing gems, but gems bro. man. Episode 35. Oh, this is Blues. Dice Roller Radio. Two hours with Jason, the legend. Thank you. That sounded sus. Shout out Stilo. Shout out Jason Waterfalls. Shout out Jason. I go by Will B. We're going to end this shit. Oh, wait. Shout out Sauce. I played his song earlier, that Way song. I have the pleasure of mastering that. And then, uh, shout out Sassolini. That's my bro, bro. Shout out San Diego. Solid boys. Everybody listening on all the platforms. We have this on SoundCloud, Apple, this Spotify. This is live All the right live now. people yeah. on Mixler, all the people oh, that shoot. were listening to us right now. We still got one guy listening to us right now. So, yeah, man. only listen to us ramble for so long, bro. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just got to apologize at the end of it. Sorry. Yeah, man. Again, shout out San Diego and all the supporters and locals out oh, there, yeah. man. Shout out everybody tuning for in. For your local to, shit. I'm going to go ahead and end it. Dice Roller Radio. Some new Zakari. If you guys don't know who Zakari is, he's on Top Dog's label. Dice Roller Radio, episode 35, you bitch, you.
dice rolling motherfucking radio. I've been the same since day one. I never lie. What you, what you tripping on? Tripping on, tripping on me. Yeah, tripping on, tripping over nothing. Always honest. Pause. I don't know you nothing. Tripping on, tripping on, tripping on me. Yeah, tripping on, tripping over nothing. I'm always honest. Always honest, pause, I don't know you nothing.